Welcome, everyone. On today's podcast, my guest is an anonymous married client. He shares his experience of hiring escorts and what led him to seek them out. He offers a lot of insight into his personal life, and I'm very grateful at the level of candor. I find people are the most honest uh, when given anonymity, so get ready for some refreshing authenticity. This will not be the only client I interview. There will definitely be more in the future. I hope everyone enjoys my conversation with Bob. There's a lot of people who are trying things that they've never tried before. Sex! Why do you think people don't see it as work? I don't know. I think it's just too much stigma. What do you mean we can't just go tell people? The vast uh, complexity of human sexuality. The escort. Deconstructed. Welcome to the podcast, Bob. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thank you, Sienna. Thank you so much for coming on here. And uh, if memory serves, it was your idea to sacrifice yourself to this podcast today. I didn't even make you. <laughs> oh, sort of, yeah. <laughs> With some encouragement from other people. From all the right people, <laughs> sounds like. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Well, um, surprisingly enough, given the topic, I'm married. Uh, I've been married for uh, north of 30 years. Um, I have a couple of children. I used to work in the energy industry. I worked for a, quite a large company with offices all over the world, uh, but I retired hmm, close to four years ago now. Okay. And um, so now I'm a little bit on the wrong side of 60. And I spend my time hiking and skiing and Mountain biking and kayaking and just generally having fun and enjoying Sounds like retirement. a nightmare. How do you get through the day? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> the wrong side of 50. I mean, I don't think that's the thing. Oh, the wrong side of 60. Sorry, 60. Wrong side of 60. All right. Great introduction. I guess it'd be nice to tell me a little bit about your childhood. Like people think that everyone involved in this industry in some way thinks that we must be, you know, damaged. So can you tell me how you are or are not damaged? Since it is anonymous, you can be yourself. Right. Well, I, I, I'd like to think I'm not damaged. I think I had what was a perfectly normal childhood. I grew up, I grew up here in Toronto in, mm. in the quintessential, what was then the quintessential suburban community. My family was middle class. We weren't rich, but we didn't, we didn't suffer for money. Um, neither of my parents had gone to university, but my dad had a good job and my mom was a stay at home and mom who was active in the community. And I did all the, at the, what were normal things at the time. I played hockey and I played baseball and I played lacrosse and unlike kids now, probably I, we spent most of our time just out playing in the streets. That sounds perfectly terrible. Yeah, it was, it was, I'm what scarred for life actually. What happened to you? You wound <laughs> up here. Well, let's get into it. <laughs> Oh, my God. It was very interesting to try to come up with questions for this. I'm trying not to pry too much into your personal life while also getting the full picture. It was quite the quite the job. So, I mean, why did you want to come on this podcast, though, and share your story? What made that sound nice to you? Um, well, it, it sort of just happened to me. Um, after the first couple of podcasts had come out, uh, there is a lady that I see regularly in town here. And after the first couple of podcasts came out, I traded a couple of messages with her about how much we'd enjoyed it. And somewhere in there, I foolishly said that I was hoping Sienna would someday interview a client. And the lady came right back with, well, Sienna should interview you. Uh, at which point I laughed and said, well, yeah, I've got nothing to say, really. Why would I want to do that? One thing led to another, and I find myself sitting in a chair across voila. from you. 
And you are the first candidate as well. You're not even the second or third. You're <laughs> you're the trailblazer. So I guess I will get into the questions everyone's dying to hear. How long into your marriage did you start seeing escorts? Uh, did you only start seeing them after your marriage began? I did only start seeing them after my marriage began. And there'll be a bit of a recurring theme, I guess, as we talk. Um, I'm going to answer this question two ways. I first started seeing escorts probably... 15 years after my marriage started-ish. It was a long time ago, and I can't really remember. Um, for a long time, I sort of dabbled in the world of kink, and, and I'm very boring when it comes to the Do world of kink. you mean just kink. like looking into it or actually going to parties and stuff? Not going to parties, but seeing ladies who, oh, okay. who specialized more in that area. And I'm, I'm pretty boring to the people who are in that world, seriously. I'm, I'm dull. But nevertheless, there were experiences I enjoyed that weren't available to me in my marriage. It wasn't something that my wife was into. And I did that for a long time. And then just two or three years ago, for reasons that we'll probably get into eventually, I decided that there was something else missing in my life and that maybe I'd look for more of the what's called the girlfriend experience. People couldn't see the air quotes I just made. <laughs> he did make that. It's a podcast. <laughs> So it was only after your marriage began. Okay. When I first started dabbling, the internet really wasn't well established. And right. it was a whole different world. The then, classifieds so. weren't something you were oh, interested in. Yeah, at the time. Well, it was a scary place in some ways. <laughs> How old were you when you got married, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, 28. 28? Okay. I still got a few years to go, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so how did that decision to hire an escort cross your mind? Well, in, in the kink world, or the, you know, the experiences I was looking for there, it was relatively straightforward in that it wasn't available to me in my marriage, and there were, there were things I wanted to explore, and they were available through escort-type relationships or escort-type businesses, if you will. Um, the GFE one, that, that took longer. I dabbled with other things. Uh, I felt like there was something missing. I was aware because of exploring for more kink-related things. I was also aware of the girlfriend experience type th things that were out there. And eventually, I just decided that that was something I wanted to try out. Did your friends ever say that they saw escorts and bring that up to you? And maybe that's kind of what brought it up? Or you've never had a friend tell you? <clears throat> I've never had a friend tell me that. Um, okay, I wasn't sure if that was like a thing that men are like, yeah, I've seen someone once. Yeah, I hired them at a bachelor party. No, ah. no I've never... Uh, I mean, no one's ever said that. I have no idea if my friends have. I would. Do you think I would? Have? Well, so my answer to that would be no. I don't think they have. But then I'd immediately say, "But I bet you, if you asked them, they'd say that about me." <laughs> right, so exactly. I'm not sure that's a helpful. You response. all just have a very good poker face. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know, some of that may be a generational thing. People of my generation don't tend to share a whole lot of. I would agree with that. Personal experiences and stuff like that. We it's a shame, to though. Wouldn't it be nice to share those experiences? It'd be blackmail material if you didn't actually <laughs> trust them. But it would yeah. be nice. Right. Yes. So, apart from the friends, did you keep? You have a kink involvement in the hiring escorts to yourself? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Does full, that... A full-on yes. Does that feel bad? Um, I mean, you have all no. these great experiences. And you got to well, keep them to yourself. No, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel bad. But, you know, there's, a, there's... In the same way that escorts are stigmatized, clients of escorts are stigmatized. Most in, definitely. In, in various ways. I mean, first of all, in Canada, unlike for an escort... It is illegal 
for right. me to be the client right. of an escort. So that's, you know, that's a reason not to go shouting it off the rooftops. Um, there's the whole uh, stereotyping of what clients of escorts are like. You know, they're either losers who can't get sex any other way or they're exploiters of women using their money to exert power Mr. Gray. over women. Yeah, yeah. It's one or the other. Neither one of those is a particularly nice space to live in. And then we have the added excitement for me that I'm married and I'm doing things outside of my marriage. And that's also stigmatized. Well, yeah. What kind of stigma do you feel as a client? Well, okay. I don't feel stigmatized as a client in that nobody except the ladies I meet knows that I'm a client. So, you know, I, I, it's not necessarily the same kind of stigma that an escort would face where it's every day, it's their job, they can't talk about their job, they can't. It's a small part of my life that I don't talk about with anyone else. And I don't because I would then be stigmatized, but I right. don't. People have misconceptions about what a client misconceptions yes is like or what they're doing and likewise people have beliefs of one kind or another about doing things outside of your marriage so you're saying you don't take any of that stigma home with you though i think a lot of us escorts kind of internalize it do you think you internalize any of the stigma no i don't i don't and and, bravo sir bravo i I think later (laughs) later on we may get into the whole, you know, question of why I don't, and I'll talk about that a little bit more. Maybe it's just that wisdom with ages. That Maybe I should have started I'm escorting at 50, and I would have just been fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, who do you decide to see as a client? I mean, there's a lot of escorts to choose from. I mean, even in Toronto, there's probably like, I don't know, like 500 women to choose from. What are the deciding factors for you? Um, well, again, I'll, I'll, I'll parse the answer into two pieces. In the kink world, it's actually relatively straightforward. Um, I'm looking for, I was looking for certain experiences and there's certain escorts out there who kind of do those things and it's not that hard to narrow down to who you might right. want to see. Dom, um, sub, this, Yeah, that. The, the GFE thing is a whole different animal. So um, for me, what I set out to look for two or three years ago was not a physical, but primarily a physical relationship. It wasn't about acronyms. It wasn't about sex. It was actually about finding someone that I could enjoy spending time with, that I had something in common with. Um, and the, the physical part of that was going to be secondary. Um, so for me then, when I started looking at, at uh, who was out there and what was available, unlike maybe a lot of clients, I actually tended to dismiss, um, for example, if an escort had nothing but nude pictures on her website and nothing but long lists of acronyms of what she offered, that wasn't what I was looking for. So yeah. I just shied away from that completely. I was looking more to get a sense of, of personality, of uh, interests that I and she, a given lady, would have in common. You were really seeking more companionship. Yeah, I was, yes. I was seeking companionship, not sex. And so I was really trying to get a sense for personality and interests. And does, does it seem like somebody that or I would Still, there's with. so many. How can you possibly decipher? What are the telltales to you? Um, well, uh, after ruling, you're right. So after ruling out, you know, these women appear to be. Catering to, to this. Yeah, more. catering. Yes, thank you. I was going to be a little more crass in the way you said it. So <laughs> you saved me. Thank you. Um, 
yeah, so uh, there's still lots of them out there. You're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest with you, there's so many out there that you can't wade through 300 women. So basically, I sort of had it down to a few. To be perfectly frank, what actually carried the day when I approached the woman I decided to approach first was her smile. Oh, that's she was beautiful. smiling in most of her pictures, and um, especially two or three years ago, that was pretty uncommon. For there was a lot of I know it's again, like everyone not, was doing the same poses in the same yeah. like bed. <laughs> yeah, the the what I I and I don't mean to be unkind. What I no, that's what I call sort of pouty duck face looks that mm-hmm. that you get. Um, but I won't speak for all men. It doesn't attract me particularly. As I said, I I kept coming back to the same woman, and I kept coming back to her because. In most of her pictures, she was smiling, and I thought, oh, that seems like... And she seems we had like common a interests. nice person I mean, to spend time with. Yeah, she ticked all the other boxes, but she was also smiling all the time, and I thought, well, yeah, she's happy to be doing what she's doing, and I'd like to spend some time with her. And since you put all this hard work into finding that person, when you finally did meet them, did they live up to those expectations? Well, that woman certainly did. Oh. Uh, it, more broadly, of, of all the escorts I'd, I've seen, I'd say generally, yes. Occasionally, you know... The pictures might have been a little bit stale, or, um, but not nothing terribly earth-shattering. Well, that's good. Well, what has happened then if it wasn't quite the person you were expecting that showed up? Uh, it's, it's always been fine. It's never been to the point where I felt so deceived that I just said, no, no, this isn't working for me. Well, that sounds nice. You know that's happened with some people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I dread those situations. <laughs> Luckily, that's never happened, but I guess I've been on the other end of that. Well, it's really nice to know that all that work you put in paid off. Do you happen to still see this person now? I do. I was lucky enough. I set out hoping to find someone that I could, you know, go on dinner dates with and have a nice chat and enjoy some time together and, and you know, some more intimate time at the end. Um, it happened that I found someone. I knew we had a lot in common. Just I could tell from what was on her website and things like that. But it turned out there was a lot more chemistry there than I would have actually hoped for. You can't and really predict that stuff. It's just no, you a nice gift. No. And so I, I still see her. Uh, I will see her tonight once you're done grilling oh, me yay! for a couple of oh hours. Oh, my God, stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, and tonight will be our 10th date in the last... less. It's less than two years. Okay, and you told me this earlier, and I can't help but share, but you said you... It took you like six or seven days to actually see her in a dress. It took me, yeah. I, That's I never, amazing. I never to saw me. her in a dress. I think it was the eighth date that I saw her. We've done, we've had lots of fun dates. We've done lots of different things. We've always tended to do physical stuff, and I don't mean that physical. I mean, <laughs> you know, out, we've gone hiking. We've gone on roller coasters. We've done oh tons my God, of roller coasters. And it was always, she was always in. I was always in jeans, and she was always in jeans or or. Um, Yoga, yoga pants. pants, and that was fine. I think it was our eighth date that we went out for a fancier dinner for her birthday, if I recall correctly. And I actually saw her in a dress, but that's fine. It's not. So she's not answering the door in high heels and lingerie and a pouty duck face every time. Uh, not so far. No. <laughs> and it was still enjoyable. <laughs> what? And if she did, I'm not sure I would know who she was because <laughs> it's it's not her style at all. <laughs> That's great. Well, I put this next question in there, but I don't think I should ask you. But how do you feel about asking escorts for specific services? I think we've covered. Well, yeah, we've covered it. I mean, again, in in the kink world, that's kind of what you're doing, except it's not sexual services. It's more experiences. It's more the personality you want, though. Yeah, in the GFE, not at all. 
I, in fact, I, as I said, I shied away from the women who were listing big, long lists of acronyms and whatever, because that isn't what I was looking for. It just seems a little unnatural to always just be like, hey, perform this act now, perform this act now, and there's no humanity behind it. And to me, that is exactly what these sex robot brothels are for. Yeah. <laughs> you want a specific <laughs> act, you go there. Well, it's guaranteed. Yeah. They'll do it as long as you like. There you go. Yeah. That's an interesting comment. It may be that in five or ten years, there is that part of the world, of yeah. the escort world, has vanished because there's other ways to do it. I would say that if guys are looking for that and there's women who want to cater to that, yeah. more power to all of them. I'd go for it. I but swear, though, even women offering porn star experiences still want to be talked to like a human for 15 minutes first. Yeah, well, fair enough. I, <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> So do you prefer to hire escorts who show their face or not, or does it matter to you? Well, I have never seen an escort who, at the time that I saw her, showed her face. Okay. A number of women that I've seen have subsequently started showing their faces. Um, so then you'd surmise, well, it doesn't matter to me. And yet, I think it probably does matter to me a little bit because... As I've sort of said ad nauseum now, I'm not looking, you know, I, I, it's not the big boobs and the giant butt that are attracting my attention. It's it's trying to get a sense of personality. If you can see someone's face, you can see their smile, you can see the sparkle in their eye, and that maybe goes a little ways to helping, but it's obviously not a showstopper because I've been able to find lots of wonderful women without ever having seen their faces. I guess it's just the risk of spending the time on someone when you don't know who they are versus when you do know who they are. Is it that big of a sway to you to actually know what they look like or that's No, I don't I don't think it the the face I mean to be honest, something like Twitter gives you a much more sense of personality oh, even without seeing a face. So it's it's not the end of the world. And as I said, the the lady that I first chose to see, who I still see I chose to see her because of her smile, and she was blurring her face at the time. But even with the blur, you could still see the smile shining through enough. And so it's, it's not the end of the world. The character behind the smile. Yeah. <laughs> this question is from someone on Twitter. I hope it's okay if I ask. But they asked, uh, kind of, what is your income? How much do you spend on escorts? Is it a financial burden or a drop in the ocean? I feel like that ties a little bit into this question of whether or not you can see their face and if you would choose to hire them. Okay. Um... Well, I'd rather not share my income. Actually, my income's kind of irrelevant. I'm right. You're retired. I'm now. retired. Right. right. I'm a burden on society now. But right? is it a burden to you? Something you have to? <laughs> no. Or you were telling me your philosophy earlier. You should. Yeah. Well, I'm lucky enough that my career was. I was financially successful in my career. Um, I'm retired now, but I have a good nest egg. I will not outlive my money, and so. For me, it's not a prime driver. I, I have the luxury of paying whatever rate a lady is asking and picking durations of dates and frequencies that are all that's driven by other considerations. I'm not constrained by a budget. And I, and I know, so, you know, in many ways, I, I have no idea whether I'm a typical or atypical client. That may be slightly atypical. I know lots of clients would have budgetary constraints. Um, fair enough. I'm, I'm lucky enough that I really don't. It's not that I'm cavalier about it. I still, you know, I'd rather pay less than more, but it's not the main driver uh, on who I choose to see. Naturally. So it's, uh, you said though that you only did shorter bookings for the longest time and then eventually kind of randomly decided to start 
booking a longer date. Why was that? Um, Since money wasn't an issue in that capacity, what made you decide the longer experience would be more enjoyable all of a sudden since you'd had the shorter ones? Well, I was I was looking to fill a different gap. The shorter experiences, you know, were, were mostly the sort of kink-related stuff. The kink was, you know... You Is it exhausting? I can't ex- say I've had a kink session. <laughs> no, I, no, it's not exhausting, but it, it's... Uh, for me, it was something that, you know, an hour date or 90-minute date was more than sufficient and, and go and have some fun, and then that was that. The GFE thing that, I mean, I very quickly realized that despite what, you know, you might read on a review board or something, if you have an hour date, you're not going to make a connection. They may say they made a connection, but you're really not. You need to spend some time. You need to go out for dinner or whatever. When I started the GFE thing with the lady I see now, we started with a couple of four-hour dates and then they started getting, that wasn't long enough, they started getting longer and longer. And, and now, well, this, all this year, we've been doing 24-hour dates. And actually, tonight, we're going to do start a 36-hour date. Oh, I'm so excited so, for you. Yeah, it, <laughs> and, it, and it's wonderful. And I know it's not something that all clients can do, because not all clients can afford to, to have that experience. And I'm lucky that way. But it certainly helps in growing a relationship with someone when you can spend more time with them. And that connection has been worthwhile for you? Absolutely. (laughs) I think I asked that later, so I don't want to get into it too much now. But I guess for people that can't really say the same thing about you, about having the extra income to spend on this, what would be your advice to them? Well, if, if they're interested in what I'm interested in, trying to make a connection, develop some sort of a relationship with a woman... Uh, then I'd say, well, don't don't see someone for an hour every month. See someone for four hours every three or four months. And Much more rewarding. Yeah, I mean, I I don't live here in Toronto anymore, and I'm I'm here roughly every couple of months. So that's the frequency that I'm doing this with because that's what meshes with when I travel to Toronto. I kind of like that you only see someone once every three or four months because to me, I really don't like repetition and schedule. And so when things are spontaneous, even just leaving it for three months, it just becomes spontaneous. You have so much more to talk about in a way. Not that I'm against client weekly regulars, but I do like the impromptu every three months. Like, what have you been doing? You have stuff to talk about the whole day. Well, yeah, we do. Although I I have to laugh at the notion that we're spontaneous because actually (laughs) one of the things we have in common is... Both of us are like serious planners. So as we sit here speaking, I have a date with her tonight. We already have, um, sorry, I have to count one, two. We already have three more dates booked that will go out probably wow. six months from now. Wow. And probably sometime in the next couple of days when we're together, we'll probably talk about at least one more. So we usually are, we usually have stuff booked out four or six months that's not Sounds unusual like a for lovely us. connection well and it, we we both happen to be people who like to plan ahead very both type of us, a uh type we're both type a and both of us like to travel so having stuff booked well in advance means mm. that other things can get slotted in around it and, oh especially for travel yeah well i guess we're gonna have to deviate from that lovely little story to just ask you which platforms you use to find escorts or which ones you've used in the past well when i when i started two, three years ago when I started looking for the GFE thing, I guess I, it was a combination of the advertising websites du jour. Those mm-hmm. have evolved a little bit since then, yeah, I suppose, depends. but the ones that were in existence then, when I certainly Googled used. It? When you just Googled Escort? I, yes. Yeah. I literally, I Googled Toronto Escorts 
And yeah, you do. all sorts of things pop up, including all the advertising websites. Oh, yeah. And then they link you back to, once you've seen that, usually that got you to the individual providers' websites, which are also useful. And then Googling turns up other random stuff. So I was not on Twitter at the time, but it would turn up individual Twitter comments and things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was useful. And then very near the end of when I was trying to decide who to see and actually pull the trigger on sending an email to someone, I finally decided that I needed to be on Twitter. So I signed up. This was three years ago, you said? Mm, yeah, two and a half, three years ago. Yeah. So I got on Twitter and that was kind of the sealing the deal for me. So, you know, now, if you said to me, now, where would I find a new lady to meet? Twitter would be my go-to first. Yeah, absolutely. For people like me who are looking for more about personality and less about boobs, um, Even Twitter's about the place boobs, to go. You can just see that well, it's a real person. Yes. Yeah, Twitter takes away a lot of the concerns a client might have about. Absolutely. So did you ever use review boards back then? Yeah, well, when you start Googling escorts names, you know, you, you Google Toronto escorts and then you end up on whatever advertising website and you start to get some names and you start to Google those names. Yeah, so a lot of the stuff that comes up is going to be reviews on review boards. And most of those you can't actually see unless you sign up for the review board. So I did right. did sign up for the, one of the, re, the local review board. Did, not, you, did they make you pay for that? Is that a no, thing? no, no. There's, there are ones you have to pay. I, okay. I didn't sign up for any of those. But the local one here, you don't. I didn't find it wildly helpful. Um, Why is that? Well, two reasons, I guess. Um, my perspective of the focus on a review board is it's not on long dates to make connections with women. The guys on the review boards are all about the, the acronyms. Soup, yeah. yeah, they're into the, the acronyms and they hate screening. They're into the lowest possible rate. None of that was what I was looking for. So I didn't find that anything that I was seeing on the review boards was terribly helpful to me in that sense. And on top of that, and this is just my personal opinion, but I find the review board culture is so toxic that 10 or 15 minutes of reading stuff on a review board and I just felt like I needed to go and have a shower right and um, yet somehow it's still prominent though for how people find escorts it is um why do you think that is well I guess in in principle there's there's legitimate questions that a review board might be able to help with is this a real a real person is this law Twitter. enforcement? Well, yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying in principle, <laughs> um, you know, is this law enforcement? Is this a real person? Do they actually look kind of like what they say they look like? All of those things. Now, Twitter, in my view, Twitter has largely supplanted that right. anyway. And in a generally much less toxic environment. Much more respectable way. The review boards tend to be quite misogynistic. They talk about women like they were televisions or cars, you know, scores out of 10, who's the best this, who's got the biggest Oof. that, all of that stuff. And, and the other, my, my other observation about review boards is my sense is that they're dominated by a small number of very active users who I think must spend their whole life on the review board 
who weighed in on every conversation. They tend to bully other users when they don't agree with what they're saying. What I would say is just trolls and hobbyists. Yeah, well, anybody who calls themselves a hobbyist is already... My other observation would be they tend to... Because they are so strongly, or many of them are so strongly anti-screening, and they are so strongly wanting low rates, very low rates, or what I think are very low rates, they tend to look for their their uh, women to meet in sketchier places. Like, you know, it used to be back pages, now that's been supplanted with yeah. another one. And when you go looking in those sketchy places, that's where you're going to find the scammers and that's where you're going to find law enforcement. Right. So, so it's a little bit self-fulfilling that in avoiding women who have higher rates and who require screening, they're actually driving themselves into a space where they're more likely to run into the problems they're worried about running into. So it's a little bit self-fulfilling in that way that they bring some of it on themselves. I think another big complaint is that you have no idea if even if the reviews there on a person are authentic or if that person even ever yeah. saw that escort. Because, yeah, I think what was, one of them, you require like two references to be on it and people will just make them up so they can get right. on the website. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I've seen comments on review boards that say, well, you know, you never know if anything on Twitter is real. But the counter is, yeah, but you never know if anything on the internet anywhere is real. So Ever. deal with it. And That's, the idea that a human being is a business for you to yelp is kind of disgusting to right. me. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, you know, I think there may be a large number of totally inactive people on the review boards. I'm totally oh, inactive. Yeah. Oh, I've totally. never put in a review. I've never put in a comment. You didn't have, need to. I didn't need to. I suspect there's a lot more people like me on there and who are vaguely not vaguely, who are uncomfortable with the culture of the review board. Mm. Um, but you never see them because they're the sort of... Right, but you're still majority. trying to use the resource for what it is right. and just having difficulty with it. Right. Yeah, as I said, at the end of the day, aside from all of the toxicity that I think is there personally, it wasn't useful to me because the information I was seeking out, they weren't really... It, that wasn't what they were talking about. I would personally advocate for Trist if anyone is looking for a place to find independence where there is no reviewing and they treat the users well. Um, so do you, when, back when I guess you did kink and saw kink people, did you prefer to see a new person every time? Or did you stick with the same person? Obviously now you stick with the same person. Um, well, back then I, I would see the same person. I'm trying to think the longest I ever saw the same person. might have been three or four times. Much of that at the time, much of that was not in Canada. Much of it was agency-based. There tended, like my perception is of agencies here, there tended to be quite a bit of turnover. So oh, yeah. there wasn't necessarily the continuity there. Right. Um, but if given the opportunity, would you keep seeing the same person or change it up? I, I would have kept, as long as it was something that I was enjoying, yeah, I would have kept seeing the same person. Now, of course, I, I am a you regular. You have been seeing the I same have. person. Although we do occasionally, not not always, but we do occasionally invite someone to join oh us for God, part of the adorable. date. Oh, my God, that is adorable. So I, I still do meet new people occasionally. That's a great bond you have there. So uh, in the past, have you hired both sex workers that worked independently and for an agency? Did yeah. you find there to be any difference? Um, well, first of all, the agencies. My perception of the agencies is they are more focused on the, the shorter term and the turnover, you know, short, really. short dates, lots of acronyms. Um, that's their focus. They're not really f don't seem to be focused on longer dinner dates. They may say they do it, but I don't really think that's what they're really trying to market. 
Um, and there seems to be a lot more turnover in the agencies. What I mean, makes you say that, though? Like, what makes you say that they don't really have dinner dates and it's more focused on the shorter bookings? Well, anytime I've seen the advertising for agencies, that's what comes across, right? All you know, right. if all you're showing is nudes of women and all you're talking about is half hour, 45 minute, one hour, and 90 minute dates, they're not focused on even advertising what I'm for. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just right. You know, I, I think you can. You can get a sense by the way either an independent lady or an agency advertises their stuff. You can get a sense for what their focus really is. Okay. So you did notice a difference between someone that worked for an agency and independently? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Was it the focus of the time spent or the attitude? I I didn't delve into the agencies deeply enough to be able to comment about attitude. It was more the focus. And, you know, I'd have to say that when you get into independent ladies... There are still lots of independent ladies who are focused on shorter dates and, right. and whatnot. But as I said, you can tell from their websites and their Twitter feeds and things that that's what they do. Um, and I just focused on the ones that were more, their emphasis was more on what it was that I was looking for. Right. I feel like you are a white sheep on the ground <laughs> in the best way possible. Well, how did you feel about that screening process then? Because most independents require verification. Agencies don't as much. So that's one caveat if you want to. Yeah. So I, I did, as I said, I, I dabbled in the world of kink for a long time. Oh, 15. so you had references. No, I didn't. Oh. Um, because that was, that was uh, most of that, especially later on, most of it was A, not in Canada, and B, through an agency. So there wasn't actually references. Um, there was also a little bit of a gap from when I stopped doing that and decided to do the GFE thing. There was a, maybe a year gap. Um, yeah, so screening. Okay, first thing I'll say about screening is I totally understand why women need to do it for their safety, and I totally support that they need to do it. And to be honest, even if it wasn't a safety issue, Escorts are running a small business, and they can run the damn business any way they want. They Amen. can ask for anything they want. <laughs> if you and, don't like it, go elsewhere. <laughs> exactly. So I, I, I totally support it. I have no issues at all with screening. Having said that, when I started looking for the GFE-type ladies and discovered that I needed to do screening, it took me a while to get my head around that. Totally Just understandable. Because of the stuff we talked about before. It's, it's illegal, and if it becomes known that I'm going outside of my marriage, that's an issue. So to get your head around giving personal information to someone you've never met, just, it was a process for me. And Twitter actually was the deciding factor for me. I, once I got to Twitter and could tell that this is not, this person's not law enforcement, they are real um, they're a professional in what they're doing. They do this all the time. Um, then I got more comfortable with the idea and, and didn't have a problem. I, I would say just, you know, in fairness, because I know all clients are going to have different feelings about giving up that information. There are women who ask for things that I would still not be willing to provide. And an example is, I've come across women who will only accept photocopies of legal ID. They want an image okay. of your government-issued ID. Right. And again, they, they have every right to run their business any way they want. I've been asked for that kind of information by 
you know, I've had real estate agents and travel agents and lawyers say, please send me a copy of your passport or your driver's license or whatever. I've always said no. Um, so, it, you know, in saying I would never do that with an escort, it's not because she's an escort. It's simply because in my head, email hacking is a real thing. Identity theft is a real thing. And mm -hmm. I'm not about to put my ID out on the Internet for anybody. Okay. But the women are welcome to ask for it. It was never an issue for me. If I came across someone that I thought I might want to meet who had that requirement, I would just move on and find somebody else. See, I have done that in the past, but I don't mind if people kind of uh, color out their address and just leave their name and birthday and the signature and block out everything else. That's yeah. fine with me. Cause it, and even sometimes, you know, they can fake it with the image. So if you want to... If you want to, this might be a waste of time to some people and bad advice, but I have allowed people that didn't want to do that to show me just in person outside of wherever I was going to meet them and show me in person their ID just to see who they actually were so that in case something happened, I at least knew their real name and saw their actual ID, but they didn't have to send it to me in any yep. way. Yep. And I, and so I'd be personally, I'd yeah. be fine with that. And I'm yeah. only speaking personally. And as I said, That's it's a got, fair concern. Very got nothing fair. to do with it being an escort and everything to do with putting out my it's your boundaries, ID your onto the internet. I just don't do that. It's your comfort level. Yeah. And that's totally yeah. fine. But if someone said, I want to see your ID when I get there, I'd say, fine. You know, with people like lawyers, they go old school. You fax the information because yeah. you can't hack the facts. I guess, hey. All right. Well, I would just say that any uh, reservations you have about the screening process are absolutely valid, but our safety wanting to just be a guarantee, it just always kind of trumps it. And I agree. I agree 100%. I don't. And, and you know, to me, where the issue comes up is not that some clients are unwilling to provide the information that some women are asking for. The issue is they try to circumvent it. They try to talk the way around right. it. Like, like we said earlier, there's hundreds, probably thousands of escorts out there. Dude, just move on. Find yeah. somebody else. And if you really want to see one woman that requires verification, there are numerous different ways to verify. You can send in like LinkedIn, company website, ID, or two companion references. So if you really want to see somebody, maybe see a woman that works for an agency and has less strict screening twice and then use them as a reference. Like right. there are ways to get there if you really want to without actually giving up your information if you're dead set on that. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, at the end of the day, the women need to run their business the way they need to run their business. And it's for and, valid and it's, reasons. And it's, as a client, it is take it or leave it. Yeah. As a client, I don't get to set the rates. I don't get to set the screening criteria. Wait, you're saying this woman you've seen, she hasn't disseminated your information and got on the street with a big poster with your name, address <laughs> written on it saying, this man sees escorts. She hasn't well, done that? Not so far. Oh, nope. weird. Nope. <laughs> That is something that really bothers me is that I've never gotten a good job. It's been six years and you've never disseminated personal information. All I get is, <laughs> really, you want this from me? How dare you? You're going to give it to everyone. Hasn't happened yet. Well, have you ever been scammed by an escort then? Um, not really. Not Not really? <clears throat> excuse me. Not, not where I felt outright scammed. I had one case of a woman who turned up and clearly had no interest in being there whatsoever. She was like on her phone half the time, wasn't at That's all terrible. interested in, and engaged. And I just, after 20 minutes, I just said, yeah, I'm sorry, this really isn't working. You should just go. And, and she left. And that was that. So well, it wasn't... It's just a bad experience. Yeah, then. it was a bad experience. I didn't feel like I was scammed per se, but there was no commitment there and fine. 
Well, that's good. It's nice to know you've never been scanned by an escort. That's one zero. <laughs> I guess I'm going to keep asking any client I see. Well, do you have any other concerns then when hiring an escort? Or would you say that people should have some if they're considering hiring an escort? Um, well, there's a bunch initially. Um, I mean, because it's illegal for clients. Right. You know, is, is, you don't want to stumble into someone. And I did actually, in the process of looking for the, the GFE experience two or three years ago, I found a couple of websites that I strongly suspected were probably law enforcement, simply because oh, like, like are... there was nothing. There was a website, very beautiful women, a few words, and then nothing. It, you couldn't, when you tried to track down any of the contact it might information. It have been trafficking, too. You it know could that. have been trafficking. Yeah. It could, I would guess it was either LE or it was some sort of scam. Um, but fine, you just avoid those and move on. Um, you know, worrying about scams is a real thing. Like, is this actually a person or is totally, it totally. some, some dude my age sitting behind a computer trying to scam me? Um, underage can be an issue. I've, I've tended to gravitate towards women, women over 25. Well, well yeah, that now. I believe are over 25. Of course, I have no way to know that. But, oh, you shouldn't um, ask a lady. <laughs> I should ask for, no, exactly. They say they um, have a graduate degree and then you ask them questions about graduating from university and they can answer them. Right. I don't know, that might be a great place well, yeah, to start. And, and again, yes, yeah, exactly. Lesser concerns to me, but you always worry about like, is this is the lady in the business because she wants to be? Is oh, she being trapped? Oh, you can honestly is, is never know that until you spend no. time with them. Yeah, you know, is she on drugs? And, and again, I think if you're on, well, not back pages anymore, but whatever replaced it, you're more likely to run across that there. Like, I don't think there's a whole lot of serious drug addicts running active Twitter accounts for long periods of time. You never know. You never know. No. Yeah, the, only, the only experience I've ever had with, sub, I was going to say substance abuse. I'm not sure if abuse I, is the right word or not. It might just be use. I had use, yes. <laughs> I had a... I, I met a lady once here. She was independent. I met her only once, and then she moved on. And I had a bottle. We met in my hotel room, and I had a bottle of wine. Um, and, you know, because have a glass of wine each before we get started. And I had probably a short glass of wine. And in the space of an hour, she killed off the rest of the bottle. Oh, the whole bottle. Yep. Damn. Yep. And showed no signs of it whatsoever. Okay, well, there you go. I was Just really impressed, top. actually. <laughs> what a great party trick yeah, you got she, there. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't an issue at all. But after she left, I thought, what, like, wow, that was impressive. She killed a whole bottle of wine. She didn't want you to have old wine tomorrow. I guess not. <laughs> She's <no>. being benevolent. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Into the next question. Do you have any pet peeves regarding escorts? Apart from the phone thing. Which is a universal thing, I think. Not even regarding escorts. The phone thing? Don't be on your phone. Oh, don't be on your phone. Well, that's a millennial thing, right? Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, pet peeves about escorts. No, uh, not, not really. I guess the only, the only thing that, that bugs me a little bit is uh, occasionally on Twitter, you'll see generalizations of where... Uh, Bad client behaviors get generalized into, you know, all men are dogs. Right. Like, men are horrible. But There's like no you good said, men. There are, 
anyone that is horrible is probably going to be online 24 7 trolling people and the right. nice people are going to be quiet like you were right. oh no but i'm i'm talking about escorts who and are so saying they this. hear from all those bad oh, ones I and see. never yes. hear from you yes. and that is maybe right. why they might have gotten seven emails that day telling uh, yeah. them that their rates are too high but yeah don't generalize right. it's not accurate and you're not giving yourself good publicity either no and it's it's truly in the category of pet peeve i mean when i see it i kind of roll my eyes and and think you know the businessman in me thinks well that's not very good advertising it is, it is not you're putting all this on your twitter I feed i understand like. the frustration <laughs> though but yeah it does it's not a great move i also agree with that or because yeah it also makes me feel bad for clients i know that actually use twitter and are nice because i don't want them to think like am i that bad client she's talking yeah. about <laughs> do i have to look at myself in the mirror it's like no 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 not you it's fine well you know i mean the one comment i'd make about that is if you do spend time on twitter and you read some of the the feeds and the the comments and whatnot you could figure out pretty fast how what the definition of a bad client is according to Wait, but I think that only good clients would be interested in knowing what a bad client is. Well, (laughs) yeah, perhaps. So maybe it's a bit of a catch-22. But if you really want to be a good client, I don't think it's hard to figure out what that looks like. And in fact, be respectful. there's there's women that on their websites have entire sections. There's some really good stuff out there about how to approach an escort and why screening is important and how to be a good client and like it's really not hard to figure out if you if you're really not clued in enough to know what to do naturally it's not hard to figure it out if you want to figure it out Ugh, i wish i wrote a blog or something or i could redirect people maybe i should put that resource there because i know a lot of women that have actually taken the time to write this for people genuinely curious have never entered the industry before wondering what it takes can i can I give a plug? Oh, please for do, please do, yeah. And I've I've never met this lady. I know nothing about her, but there's oh, a lady out admiration. there, and I might even get her her name mispronounced. But I think it's Stefania or Stefania, and oh, she's okay. got some really good stuff on her website about why screening is important and um, a whole bunch of things around how to be a good client and and whatnot. I I stumbled across it one day just by accident and read a bunch of it, and I thought it was very well written. Is it Stefania Villa? Could be, yeah. No, I think I've heard this from other people, too. Her and Isabel Andrews both have blogs that yes. are very informative. Yes, Isabel's got good stuff, too. She, I'm, I, I looked at her cryptocurrency thing, and I didn't know about ShakePay before, and thank you, Isabel. You're amazing. On to the next question. So, have you tried extramarital affairs, even one-night stands with non-sex worker women, or have you only ever seen escorts for something extramarital? Um, well, I've never had a one-night stand in my life. Um, and, and only because it's... The I'm, audience I'm, is plotting. <laughs> well, I'm, <laughs> I'm an introvert by nature. The idea of... Approaching a woman I don't know in a bar and hitting her up and taking her home. That's, Horrible. That's so far outside my <laughs> comfort zone that like, that's just never going to happen. So flat out no to the one night stand. <laughs> have I ever tried to have an extramarital affair? Um, I guess before my foray into the world of GFE two or three years ago, the answer to that would be no, but it's the word tried that would make it a no. Okay. I actually had, I ended up in two, at different times, two relatively long, what are probably extramarital affairs through people I met at work. 
I didn't set out to do that. It okay. kind of happened. You work yeah. with people closely. You spend a lot of time with spend them. Spend a lot of time. Maybe you travel together. I say they were probably extramarital affairs because one of them actually never became physical. The other one only very briefly became physical. And then, as luck would have it, there was a corporate reorganization. And all of a sudden, I was the lady's boss. And so Ooh. we had to completely reset that relationship oh, because that's a you. line I would never that cross. Very appropriate. Like, yeah, that's that's a space that, you know, maybe ironic for a guy who's seeing escorts outside of his marriage. But the whole married? boss, she was also married. So, you know, were those quote affairs? In my mind, they were. They were well beyond friendships, but they were they were more emotional. They weren't really long term physical affairs. But I don't. Depends on the person how you... Depends how you define it. We could go be all Bill Clinton and start (laughs) parsing the definitions of the words. He was guilty of both. So So, did you set out to have affairs and non-affairs with these women or you just accidentally started liking them in this way? I when it was non-escort related. No, the second one. I It it just kind of evolved. Yeah, at the risk of... I don't know, blowing my own horn a little bit. I've learned over the years, and it took me many, many, many years to understand myself very well. Um, But one of the things I've learned that is that if I'm in situations where I'm interacting with women over periods of time, they seem to come to like me for whatever reason. Always, if you listen, bit of a mystery to me why that is, but they do. So both of those things just kind of happened. It wasn't. None of us set out to make that happen. It just kind of came that way. And, you know, I guess it filled a need that I obviously felt consciously or subconsciously, and, and it kind of happened. But for the record, you don't hate your wife. I love my wife. I have no intention well, of leaving my wife. How can those two things be it's, possible at the same time? Well, yeah. So my answer to that is I've been married for 30-plus years. Um, I'm healthy. My wife's healthy. We have every reason to think we'll live past our 50th anniversary. Um, in 50 years, people change. They grow. They evolve. Immensely, every decade. And Yeah, and to think that any one person can meet all of the physical and emotional needs of another person for 50 years, in my mind, is a little bit crazy. It's horribly unfair and a lot of pressure. Yeah, so the fact that there are needs that I have that my wife can't really fulfill doesn't make me love her any less. It doesn't make me criticize her. I'm not the guy who runs around saying, oh, my wife doesn't love me, my wife this, I don't get enough sex, whatever. Not at all. There's, there's gaps that one person can't fill. And so I seek to fill those gaps other ways. And I think when I was working, I'm not sure that I was conscious that that's what was happening, but I think that's those two long-term sort of, if let's call them emotional affairs that I ended up in. I think really that's what was going on is that they, that was just fulfilling a need I had that I maybe wasn't conscious I had that it was a gap in my marriage and it doesn't make my marriage any less happy. I'm any very less happily you married. spending the day with your best friend and yeah. wanting to live with them. Right. Do you think ideally she would be able to also seek extramarital affairs and you could both be honest with each other about it and both enjoy it, but that's just not possible. But would that be the ideal scenario? I wouldn't have a problem with her doing what I'm doing at all. I'm just pondering that question. So, you know, the, on, the only thing I would want to know 
when it comes to more worldly affairs, I think she's a little more naive than I am. She's more naive than I think I am. Um, so I might want to know that she was doing it in a safe way and right. staying out of trouble. But the fact that she was seeking something elsewhere wouldn't be an issue for me. But you don't think that would ever be in the realm of possibility? I'd be surprised, I, but again... Maybe she would surprise you. Well, maybe she would. And maybe it, she it, has been seeing a man Maybe she her. has. And, and it doesn't... It, Do you think you hide it well then? <laughs> well, I, uh, yeah, good question. <laughs> I don't know. I think I do, but... That's just very... It's trippy for me because I don't know what it's like to be married for 30 years. So I can only ask you and try to learn from your experience. Well, and, and as... I, you know, I think we talked a little earlier about it that when I got... I was 28 when I got married... Looking back now, I didn't know myself well at all. Of course. All. Well, I didn't understand myself well at 28. I understand myself much better now. Um, it took me a long time. You've gotten half and, a century to get to know yourself. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, some marriages, for various reasons, 40% of marriages blow up eventually. And I, I think a lot of them, I'm not saying lots of men or women are going outside their marriage, although a bunch of them are. Um, but I don't think there's very many perfect marriages out there. I think they evolve and, and there's gaps and needs and those gaps and needs get fulfilled or they don't. And that doesn't mean the marriages aren't happy. It just means they aren't perfect. You know, the 90-year-old man and woman sitting on the park bench holding hands and kissing that, that sort of Well, they've done some ideal. weird shit in their life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, a, that's a, an outlier. That's not the norm <laughs> of where most long-term marriages end up. You don't get to see all those affairs and those kink parties no, they went to. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> precisely. So you never just tried to have an extramarital affair, but did you try other websites apart from escorting? Like, uh, oh, what is I that? Did. Ashley Madison. Yeah, That's I, an extramarital I, affair. I dabbled website? on Ashley Madison. That was pretty hilarious. Oh my God! There's um, so many bots on that website, though. Well, yeah. So it, I did that for a little while, right before I decided to seek out an escort. It quickly became apparent that despite the advertising that they do, it's uh, it's a hookup site, nothing more than it's that. It's Tinder and for marriages. Tinder for marriages, and most of it's fake. Um, and really, I mean, I say I was on Ashley Madison, and yeah, I was, but nothing happened. Um, like, literally, nothing happened. I think in the space of three or four or whatever months, I might have well, messaged. Well, that's a long time, though. Not three or four days, three or four months. Oh, yeah. And I might have messaged in that whole time. I might have messaged three or four women and... And I got one reply eventually, and we we conversed back and forth a little bit. Then I we got to the point where I said, well, maybe we should meet for coffee. And that was when she said, well, yeah, actually, I can't do that. Because to be honest, I'm actually really only on here because I thought my husband was cheating on me and I was trying to catch him. Yes. Oh, um, yes. I believe that is a lot of the yeah. members. But she was very helpful because we had actually hit it off. And then she after she said that, she said... You know, you're a complete unicorn on this site. Like, there's nobody, you're the only guy who's actually not just trying to hook up with as many women as she can. Asking for pictures of my vagina? Yeah, yeah. So that was when I kind of went, okay, that's probably not the right <laughs> space for me. So, so that was my little foray into the world of online dating, as it were. I think especially with uh, marriage platforms like that, it's mostly people wanting online affairs more probably than in person. Yeah, ones. and not, not the sort of, 
longer term connection stuff that I was right. interested in. It's more a one night stand. And then you got to worry about their relationship blowing up on you. And it's like well, way more pressure. And that's, yeah, that's generally true of seeing any any sort of affair that's not involving an escort. Yeah. Really is. it's That's it's, part of the adrenaline rush and the thrill maybe? Uh, no, I, uh, the opposite to me. It's because <laughs> it's, because it's unbounded and undefined you never quite know if it's going to spiral out of control on you one way or another yeah i mean i i don't it's way too much baggage for me but i am not in my own marriage so (laughs) so what do you think that it is that escorts offer that is beneficial i guess to you and society in general like why would you or people see an escort at all um, what are they offering? Okay, I'm not going to speak for society in general. I think well, I'll just speak for I me. feel like extrapolating <laughs> it to society based on what it does for you. Okay, is... fair enough. We could do that. Yeah. Um, I suppose, I mean, I suppose the obvious answer is, well, I can have sex with other people outside of my marriage. But <laughs> that's actually, you know, as we sort of hopefully established, that's not really what I'm in this yeah, for. Yeah, that's not your focus um, point. So what an escort relationship offers to me that's beneficial is it is a it's a bounded relationship in that it's an exchange of of money for time. So when I'm with an escort, I've paid her for her time. We're going to spend time together. We both understand that when that time is over, I'm going to go back to my wife and and you know, now I have a regular lady I see, but I'm not her only regular. I know that. Right. So I'm going to go back to my wife and next week she's going to be with a different regular that she You're also, also enjoys to be with. also not your dentist's only client. No, exactly. But it is defined and it's bound and there's, there's understandings that outside of our time together, there'll be limited communication. You know, I don't email her every morning. I don't send her 20 text messages a day, any of that stuff. Nor does she do that to me. So, you know, I don't have to worry about an unexpected text message popping up on my phone at some inopportune moment. When you talk about, and then, you know, there's boundaries inside about what what she will or will not do and whatever. But all of that's understood and defined. If you were to list it all out, it would look very limiting, especially in terms of establishing some sort of long-term, you know, deeper relationship, closer relationship it actually turns out it's not limiting at all. It's actually quite liberating because once you understand those boundaries and you agree with them and you've had, however, I don't know what the magic number of dates is, but you know, you've seen I each other either. more than once. Honoring of the boundaries leads to trust. And once that trust is in place, then both parties can become completely unguarded inside that relationship during their time together. And then once you become unguarded, that relationship can grow and flourish and deepen. And I I have to say, I had no idea when I set out that I could end up in as deep a relationship as I've actually ended up with and form such a strong bond with someone. I didn't expect that. I expected to find somebody that I could spend time with and enjoy I didn't expect to find what I actually found. And so. how did you find where those boundaries were? Because I think a lot of people are trying to be good clients just like you, but are having a tough time finding out where the boundaries are. How did you find that out? Um, how did I find that out? That's a good question. I guess part of it would just be that, if, as I said before, if you do your homework online, you can start to figure out stuff like, you know, don't send 20 emails a day. Don't be text messaging her all the time. Those kinds of boundaries. I, I guess the one thing that uh, I have done 
is I've checked in with the lady that I see regularly. Um, last time we saw each other, I think, I think it was last time, maybe it was two times ago. I asked her because she's on Instagram and because on Instagram, when you comment on Instagram stories, uh, those comments have to go as uh, direct messages. That's how Instagram works. It's if you're commenting on a story, it's different than Twitter. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I don't feel inhibited in commenting on something she posts on Twitter because it's out there. It's right. public. It's like Facebook. It's yeah, she she can respond or not. And it's all fine. I'm not using her time. The Instagram direct messages, when I comment on a picture there, I was a little concerned about whether that was too much. And I just asked her. Last time we were together, I said, okay, so, you know, I'm commenting occasionally on your Instagram and they come as DMs. Is that all right? And she said, yeah, of course, that's fine. That's a perfect way to find out the boundaries is ask. Just ask. Exactly. So, yeah, what do you think it is that seeing escorts provides to you in society? Why are they useful and not, you know, a detriment for society? Why are they not negative? Well, it's it's giving me the opportunity. So I'm 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 married, and I'm I am happily married. I'm happily married, and I'm going outside my marriage. In my mind, that it's it's filling gaps that are in my marriage. And as I said before, I don't blame my wife for that. I don't blame myself for that. That's just the way it is when you're together a long time. And it makes me a happier person. I wouldn't even say it's gaps in your marriage. It's just gaps in who you are as a person. And assuming a marriage is going to fill all those gaps is ridiculous. Fair enough. Yeah. And you only have this one life at whatever age of 60 you might be. And why restrict yourself to someone else's bounds just to make them happy when you can make them happy plus live your life yeah and not violate well most of that i guess (laughs) so why do you think escorts are so stigmatized then if they offer this lovely service to people wanting to get the most out of their lives and be Um, their best selves in their marriage etc i i think it's it's mainly just lack of knowledge. Most people don't know anything about escorts. I would and say that about everything. Lack of knowledge is the source of all evils. Yeah. <laughs> and then so by default, because they don't know anything, they default to the media portrayals. The rhetoric. Yeah. Well, the rhetoric and also, you know, movies or whatever. So they get views in their mind. So, you know, escorts are trafficked. They can't possibly be doing this on their own. They're using drugs. They've got pimps. All of the stuff that... You know, every other episode Makes of some good TV. CSI t- show. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just don't think they have any idea that there's so many escorts out there doing this as a, as a career choice, running small businesses, and in a lot of cases, making a lot of money doing it. I mean, they just don't know. And, and so they default to the, the stereotypes, if you will, that they get from media. So... The next question then is, is seeing an escort in your view morally wrong while you're married? Um, Do you personally feel any guilt or remorse because you're married? Or is it kind of a marriage saver in a way? Yeah, so there's a lot packed into this question. Yeah, it might be like five (laughs) questions packed into one. (laughs) So let me see if I can parse it apart a little bit. Um, Is seeing escorts while I'm married morally wrong? I don't think the word escort in that question is particularly relevant. I don't see any difference Someone between... outside the marriage. Then. Right. Yeah, whatever that whether, might be. Yes. So that's the first thing, though. Whether they're an escort or not... Totally. They're outside the marriage. It doesn't matter 
one way or another in terms of is it morally wrong. So is it morally wrong? Well, if you give me a choice between yes and no, I have to say yes. Um, so of course, then the obvious question is, okay, dude, so you say you're intentionally doing something morally wrong, what's, what's up with that? I can rationalize it, and I will tell you how I rationalize it. I intentionally choose the word rationalize, not justify, because I'm not necessarily saying you can justify doing something that you think is morally wrong, but you can rationalize it. So I, I will attempt to rationalize it. So we've talked about the fact that I don't think it's realistic for one person to meet all the physical and emotional needs of another person for 35 it's or 40 or 50 years. actually impossible. Like that's just, yeah, that's just so, so my, when I see an escort, I'm not attempting to replace something that I have in my marriage. I'm attempting to fill a gap that exists in my marriage. And that might seem like a bit of a distinction, but I'm not uh, taking anything away from my wife when I see an no, escort. you're adding on to it. Yeah, so, but I think it's an important distinction. If, if I were doing something, in my mind, if I were doing something, um, you know, as an example, it's not all about sex with me, but if I was seeing an escort every week for an hour to have sex and then wasn't having sex with my wife as a result... That wouldn't be... That would impact right. your actual day-to-day -day relationship. Yes. yes. Whereas what I do, what I believe I'm doing is filling gaps that exist in my marriage and I'm not taking anything away from my wife when I do that. Also, I'm lucky enough that financially it's not an issue. So supplementing so, it isn't like an issue for I'm, you. Yeah, I'm not spending the family vacation money on seeing escorts. So then the other part of the rationalization is that when I see an escort... It makes me happier because which I makes feel you a that better gap, person to be with, which makes me easier to be with. And it's absolutely true for me, at least with the lady that I'm seeing, that that happiness isn't just for the duration of the time I'm with her. It makes me a generally happier person. It's beautiful. So I'm presumably then easier to get along with. And by association, if you will, my wife should end up being a little bit happier too. Definitely. And those expectations you had on her maybe to be that person for you are then gone and right. you're just able yeah. to enjoy there's, your time. There's with no her resentment of yeah. So I I rationalize to say, okay, so I see an escort and I end up happier. And by association, my wife ends up at least a little bit happier. And I actually think the escort ends up happier too. Not simply because I paid her. I think she's enjoying being with me too. So you know, in a sense, everybody wins. Now, I realize, as I say that, that can be seen as an incredibly narcissistic, self-serving statement. So let's be clear that everybody might win, but I win by far the most, and I wouldn't deny that. So I'm not, I'm not oblivious enough to think that, you know, my wife is benefiting. I'm seeing escorts to make my wife happy. I, it's but that's the fallout of it. The and the rationalization, right. which is exactly how you see it. It's all the different things. It's not right. just one thing. To me, the, the important thing to me and for me to be comfortable with it is I'm not taking away from my marital relationship by seeing escorts. If anything, I'm improving that situation. You've made it work for you because you want to stay in the marriage. Right. But not be miserable because of it. Right. It, I think it's only because monogamy has been touted for so many centuries that we're stuck in this situation, which seems unnatural. And that's why we're 
going towards non-monogamous things now because that seems more natural. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, part of it might be that assorted scientific reasons we're living way longer now. Oh, that so too. People didn't used to have point. the expectation of staying married for 60 years because they weren't going to live <laughs> long enough. I mean, now, if you get married when you're in your late 20s, there's a good chance that you'll live to be 90. Yeah, yeah. Both of you, though? If you don't kill each other <laughs> along the way. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, what is your take then on the popular claim that escorts aid in the degradation, dissolution of marriages? You know that's a popular claim people sure. hitch their bandwagon to. Well, they're ruining marriages. They're the homewreckers. Well, you know, TLDR's version of that is that's a stupid thing to say. TLDR? Um, yeah, too long, didn't read. Oh, you know. God, I knew that, damn. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I said before, it's something like 40% of marriages end in divorce of some I kind or other. I think it might be 50. Okay, Those, let's go with 40. Whatever the number is, a lot of them. And they're not all ending because of all those people are seeing escorts. Let's oh, be God, real. no. Um, in fact, if you wanted to do something about the, what did you call it? The degradation and dissolution of marriage. I'm willing to bet a lot of money that there's way more extramarital affairs happening in either the workplace or the neighborhood. And maybe you should get rid of co-ed workplaces and talking with the neighbors because that's where most affairs are happening. They're not happening with people seeing escorts. Really though, and even you mentioned that people you work closely with, it, sure. it's whoever you spend time with. Sure. And I would argue that escorts are much more in the camp of aiding marriages stay alive and keeping yeah. marriages together yeah. than the degradation I, I, dissolution. I'm not going to argue that. They're certainly not breaking them apart. No one wants a relationship with someone less than an escort. <laughs> well, yeah. Try and to be like, leave your wife for me. That is the last thing an escort would say. And, and you know, so far, at least in my experiences with this industry, I've yet to have an escort email me and say, hey, we should get together and have a date. You know, like it's the clients are approaching the escorts. Yeah. So to blame the escort for whatever impact that has on a marriage is kind of dumb because obviously there's something that the client is doing. Right. Whatever's driving that. But to blame the escort is just. It's easier. It's lazy. uh, Yeah. It's nonsensical. Well, then have you ever wanted to leave your wife to pursue an escort? No, I've never wanted, A, I've never wanted to leave my wife. Like I said before, I, I love my wife and we spend, especially since I'm retired, I mean, we spend all our time together, almost, almost all our time together. I mean, I need a break from my own best friends when yeah, I spend all my well, time and Yeah, I'm, I'm an introvert, so I do need to recharge on my own. <laughs> and it took many, many years for my wife to understand that. That was an early source of friction on our marriage, actually, was she couldn't understand why I didn't always want to be with her. But well, then all maybe the stuff, if you spent too much time with her, she'd be asking you then. Well, it's there you go. It's just the role reversal. But all the things I said we do, you know, we, we travel the world and we hike and we bike and we ski and we kayak and whatever. We do all that together. I mean, we're together a lot. So, no, I don't want to leave her. If I did want to leave her... Uh, you probably already would have by this point, to well, be fair. Well, no, I was going to say, if I did want to leave her, the last person I'd leave her for would be an escort because <laughs> part of what makes the escort relationship work is the boundaries. Mm-hmm. And if you talk about leaving your wife to be with the escort, you just kick down all those boundaries that kept that relationship not alive. Not even that. It's kind of like bringing garlic to a vampire. Like, it's not going to work out No, it's well. not going to work. I mean, I, I would... I would never do it, and I would fully expect if I ever did propose that, that the lady I see right now would terminate the relationship, and she should. That's yeah. the right thing. So, yeah. so no, I just, 
not not an issue in any way for me. Well, I hope we debunked that for anyone wondering and endlessly criticizing. That was so easy. Well, I guess we're into the fun questions now. Uh, it's weird to ask a client this, but I assume that I have to be the same with clients as escorts. What do you like and dislike most about this industry? Um, well, the dislike one is hard. I mean, it, I guess as a general statement, my, my first reaction to that is that I don't like the way... The review boards. Well, yeah, I don't like review boards. But it, yeah, so the extension of that is I don't like the way a lot of women escorts get treated. But then I'd extrapolate that and say, well, you know what? Leave the word escort out of that sense. In society, I don't like the way a lot of women get treated a There's lot of the time. There's a lot of objectification going well, on. Well, and, and just mistreatments of various kinds. So, yeah. The other, the other one's easy to answer. What do I enjoy the most about this industry? I mean, the, the blunt answer is that I get to spend quality time with women who are so far out of my league that I would <laughs> never meet them in a million years any other way. That is, that is a great point. I'm so glad I have a client on here to say this. Uh, what do you think is the most important reason we need to remove the stigma associated with sex work and escorting? Um, if I had to pick one, I'm going to go with improving the safety of, for escorts. Because the stigma drives everything underground. And then when it's underground, it's harder for the escorts to keep themselves safe. Yeah. And, and there, you know, there are, there's legitimate concerns around trafficking and things like that. Like we shouldn't say there's nothing there, but it's, it's far smaller than it's made out to be. Right. And pushing it underground, trying to solve the trafficking problem by pushing the whole thing underground, A, doesn't solve the trafficking problem, and B, it makes it more dangerous for all the women who aren't being trafficked. It's so. the definition of nonsensical. Yeah, exactly. So that's what that would be my answer. I love that we legalize pot here and are now regulating it. And it kind of stands to reason that we should do something similar. Obviously, decrim, not legalization, sex work here. See how that works out. We've got nothing yeah. to lose since people are already <laughs> engaging in it. Well, do you think if being uh, a client and hiring escorts was socially acceptable, you'd be more willing to tell everyone? Or is that still something you would keep to yourself? Because it's related to your sex life. Um, I guess it, it, I might I might be more inclined. I'd probably still keep it to myself. Just and it the introvert part of, it, part of you. Well, part of it is a more yeah. Part of it's a more generational thing, right? I mean, uh, the example I'll use is I, I worked in quite a large company when I worked, and it, my generation we never discussed with each other how much we got paid. Never. Just, you think that's the same it, thing? No, I'm using it as an, an example. Right, whereas you, millennials okay. that I worked with, they all knew how much all the other millennials got paid. They talked yeah. about their salaries all the time. All I'm saying is that my generation, I think, is a little more reticent in general about talking about personal stuff okay. than maybe younger generations are. The other part of this question for me, of course, is... I'm still married and I'm still going outside my marriage. But if she was okay with it and it was socially acceptable and everyone else was doing it. Oh, those are, yeah. So if it was socially acceptable and everyone else was doing it and she was okay with it, yes. sure, I'd be fine to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, you'd tell everyone? Yeah. But, okay, but cool. that last part about she being okay with it, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sure if we would this get there or This is always going to be a fiction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good to know. Maybe one day we will live in that world, though, is what I'm asking. Well, hopefully, a fantasy, fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, is there a set date in your mind that you will no longer hire escorts? 
As long as there's a lady out there who's willing to push me around in my wheelchair, I think you're good to go. <laughs> I think literally that's the definition of like care, period. So I think you're good till your death. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, what do you think is the biggest misconception people have about clients? Um, that we're all... Fitting into those two brackets you Yeah, find? those two brackets, but you know, the, the one that comes to mind first is that Clients are using their money to exploit women and take advantage of them and put them in situations they don't want to be in. And I'm pretty sure that the women that I've seen don't feel exploited by me in any way. Yeah, I can attest to the one person you do see and no chance. But also I think that people assume that you're unhappily married a lot as a yes. client. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's I fair. personally haven't really seen that ever. Hence why they're seeing escorts and not trying to get a girlfriend. Right. Oh, this one's just a fun question. What is your current favorite book or one you always recommend to people? Um, since I retired, I've gotten interested. I try to not get too deep into this question. When I worked, one of my responsibilities, among many other things, was related to making sure that when we made investment decisions, large sums of money, that we were making high-quality decisions not not say. not the correct decision, but that the process of coming to the decision was high quality. Since I've retired, I've gotten I've done more reading in the area, and I've gotten into an area called it's called behavioral economics. But what it really is is the intersection between neuroscience, how your brain works and processes information, and how that influences how we make decisions. Um, particularly when there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of risk. I might know what book you're talking about. Well, it's, I feel like you're so this, me. What is the, it? The one that I would recommend, there's a bunch in that area, but the one that I would recommend is called Thinking Fast and Slow. I've heard of it. It's by a guy it. named Daniel Kahneman, who, interesting cat, he was an Israeli. He won the Nobel Prize in economics, but he's actually a psychologist by training. Oh, cool, very cool. But he's been working on this intersection between neuroscience and economics. And economics is just how we make decisions, how we assign values to things so that we can make decisions. It doesn't it have sounds... to be monetary value. It mm -hmm. can be emotional value or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's a very interesting book and it's written, you, you know, you think, gee, it's a PhD in psychology, writing about economics sounds He sounds well complex. suited to these two things though. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's an interesting book and it's written really easy to understand. It's not, it's not highly I've heard of it, but I didn't know this background about it. Now it shall be added to the list. You know, I was thinking this, I guess, dumb thought the other day. Why aren't all economists the most rich people in the world if they understand the economy the best? Right? Yeah. Do you have an answer for me? Yeah, no, I know I don't. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Oh, another fun question. Do you have a song that is your anthem or a personal motto? Uh, I don't have a song that I would call my anthem. Or I, I don't have either of those, but if I were to say what or you know something i try to live by yeah something you live by is more like just live and let live i i feel like we live in a world these days that there's way too many people trying to tell all the other people how they should live their lives in one form or another and i think as long as you're not actively hurting other people like who cares yeah who cares what you're orientation is or your ideology is or whatever like just move on and let people live their lives apart from being a parent can you think of one time where you've tried to tell another grown-up 
how they should act and then have them actually do it. <laughs> I mean, I rarely could ever. No, and for the record, rarely when you're a parent and you're doing right. that with children. So that, that still doesn't work. Not so. the best way. I think just <laughs> no. lead by example what you think is right, and then that's about, that's about the best you can do yeah. is advocacy by act. Exactly. Do you have a biggest companion crush at the moment? Well, you know, we've been talking a lot about the Lady AC regularly, so uh -huh. I will exclude her okay. for obvious reasons. All that, right. that, to cl classify that as a crush wouldn't wouldn't do justice to the relationship we God, have. God, this is an adorable relationship <laughs> you have. <laughs> so we'll go to my answers. Can I pick two? Oh, you can pick okay. five. So the first one is Kara Clark. Mm, oh my God, Kara. 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 She is, yeah, say it with the Irish accent if you oh want to get it Oh my God, right. I've talked um, about this accent before. <laughs> she's, she's, a, she's funny and she's blunt and she's got the great Irish accent. And I've been lucky enough to meet her in real life. And so I can also tell you that she's got the most amazing two-tone eyes if you catch them in the right way. Yes, light. they're gorgeous. Yeah. Everything about her. Yeah. Her so, fashion so, sense, the attitude. Yeah. And the, the other lady that, that uh, intrigues me a lot at the moment, who I've not met, is Isla David, who uh, is, is really almost eclectic. I mean, one moment she's talking about really expensive scotches. Yeah. And the next yeah, she moment she's doing roller disco in some And then she's also being somewhere. like a dom. Like yeah. yeah. <laughs> so really interesting lady. I've not met her, but maybe someday I'll get a chance to meet her. That's so, you were like shouting her praises earlier. I thought you'd met her, but you haven't met no, her No, I haven't met her. Oh no. my God. Definitely next time you should get on that. Oh, well, I guess we're through all the questions for the day. I can't believe it. Is there anything else you wanted to kind of leave as parting advice for escorts or listeners? Or um, Well, one thing, um, and we'll see if, if, uh, if Sienna leaves this in or edits it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've heard a lot of really good feedback, heard and seen a lot of good feedback about these podcasts. People oh. are really enjoying them. Hopefully... That doesn't change after this one comes out. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> um, and and it, it's a, it's due to the lady that's sitting across the room from me who's oh putting God. a lot of personal time and energy into this. And that's time and energy she could be spending on her business. She's doing this at no recompense. So my suggestion is for people who are enjoying these podcasts, if you go to the website of the podcast, oh there's a little God. button that I says donate. <laughs> And people should click that donate button and and show their appreciation in a more tangible way than a Twitter comment. I cannot believe this. This is very kind. I'm actually <laughs> shocked right now. Uh, yeah, that's not why I'm doing it. But it would be nice to not have a full-time unpaid job forever. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, anything else? Nope. Oh, my all. God, stop. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on here today and sharing out your thoughts. Uh, I have been waiting for people to kind of be open about their relationships and the fact that you're willing to, despite being married, has really, you know, made me happy because I wish to be this cool when I am older. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. It was very interesting. Okay, good. Well, bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. Bob mentioned Stefania Villa's excellent post about how to book an escort, a newbie's guide, and I've attached the link in the show notes for anyone wanting to read up on her well-written insights. I'm flattered Bob chose to point out my hard work, and thank you again. 
To be honest, at this rate, I'm unsure how many episodes will be on the horizon, as it's quite the full-time job. I'm unsure the totally free of ads, free of sponsors model is possible despite my best efforts. It's simply unsustainable to work a full-time job and receive no compensation, as many of you know. If you've enjoyed the podcast, I would truly appreciate any sponsorship. Even a dollar a month would be enough to show me how many people this podcast is helping and who wants it and me to continue. Uh, I won't be releasing an episode next week and will be switching over to releasing an episode every other week for my sanity and to ensure quality content. Hope you liked hearing from a client this week. I know I had a blast. Till next time, stay curious.